0: Hey guys, this is Schmitty again with another episode. Actually, this is episode 190 of the podcast called Talkin' Schmidt.
1: Holy crap. Oh my goodness. Jake, everybody's
0: girlfriend. NorCal legend. We usually do skateboarding. We mostly do skateboarding. Sometimes we'll throw in our fucking punk rocker like last week with Chris Rest of RKL. But we consistently keep it skateboarding here. So if you're into the uh, skateboarding stuff, this is the spot.
2: I love this Neil Blender, man.
0: And today on the podcast, we got Kevin Romar. He's a DJ for uh, Hopson. But first and foremost, he is a skateboarder. And he's got possibly the best Nollie 360 In the game. Oh, this is the guy we're looking for. Dude put out a lot of rad shit, a lot of good parts. Most recently for blind skateboards, but more recently, he said, peace out. Bye, Felicia. We're going to talk to him today, kids, and get to hear his story and find out what's been going on. I've been keeping it busy around here. Um, I don't know if any of you have checked out. I'm doing a podcast with my friend Christian Cooper. We're doing skaters on baseball. We recently just did one with Matt Sharkey. Check that out. If you're into baseball at all, a lot of you may not be, and that's fine too. Also, just put out a really cool piece with Peter Hewitt and Bailey. If you haven't seen that, go check that out at the Thrasher Website still watching with Peter Hewitt and Bailey um, about to do another one with Diego the butcher same trip, but more on the streets. So keep an eye out for that. They're cooking up another P invitational at some point. The DIY series is going full throttle for season two. That's about it. I hope Sacramento makes it right for E40 because They played him wrong, but the Warriors are about to put out the beam. (laughs) But before we start, I want to give a shout out to our new advertiser, John Joseph Van Landingham of Southern Georgia, who has been skating since 1986 and blowing glass since 96. His glass is homemade in the USA, and you can find out more info from him on his Instagram or his Facebook. Someday he may even have one of them OG websites to peep. Anyway, I'm super hyped. He reached out to me um, and stoked to get someone who's down for the cause. So with that, John Joseph Van Landingham, keep it going. And like Albino says, provoke the stoke.
3: Provoking the stoke.
0: So yeah. Anyway, we are always down for advertising to help support what we're doing here. Blood wizard.
4: Blood wizard. Blood, wizard. Blood, wizard. Blood, wizard. Blood wizard! at
1: bloodwizard.com. Tickety tack.
0: Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, three two one eight Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf fried chicken, deviled eggs, dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy.
2: What's up, this is Kevin Romar and you are listening to Talkin' Schmidt. Let's get it.
0: Hey, hey, hey. Talking Schmidt. I'm already not watching.
2: It's cool, like tonight is the night. Damn,
0: this is like the coolest thing I'm ever going to do?
2: <laughs>
0: I wouldn't say it was fun. What do you mean, bro? Christian Fletcher's younger brother. Fucking Dodgers. All big dogs
2: in. What do you think, Dolan? John, Talkin Schmidt, Talking Schmidt. Alpha
1: macaroni. Most of these guys' their opinion don't
0: matter. Talking Schmidt, right? It's skateboarding. I remember that. Talking
2: Schmidt.
4: What
0: are
3: Yun's
2: doing? Holy shit. Skateboarding, homies. No, Schmidt,
0: you can't jump in. What is happening? i <laughs>
4: Yay! Yes, we are.
1: Wi-Fi check one, Wi-Fi check two.
0: All right, we're back. My next ge- no, I don't say we're back. That's that other show. All right. Next <laughs> guest here from the land of Cypress, California, pro skateboarder with that DJ bug. He's been doing a lot of DJing, actually, and he's got some of the most stylish board control going big in the game. According to his birth records, he was literally born one day before September 11th. This is Kevin
2: Romar. Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, Smitty. <laughs> How are man, you? I'm good, brother. Just another day in paradise, man. Just living, living it up.
0: <laughs> hey, well, this is a world premiere of talking Schmidt, so we do. We're doing that
2: collab unintentionally. Problem, hey, I like that <laughs> plug, man. Problem,
0: man. Before we get into it, I want to um talk to you about. Uh, your history of nicknames like have you had like tons of nicknames because i was thinking like kevin romar it's kind of built for a, a nickname like romey k-rome or like i don't know
2: have you had tons oh yeah man there's uh k row romar Romy rome uh dude the list goes on yeah fromar uh, fromar <laughs> oh fromar yeah <laughs> has
0: anyone just ever called you the Nolly three guy
2: uh, a couple times, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I There's don't know Nolly who three. he is, but he's got yeah. Nolly 3. There's Nolly 3 over there. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Sick, dude. Well, thanks so much for joining, man. I know we've been talking about this for a little bit, and you were laid up for a while and shit. So are you rolling around again?
2: Yeah, rolling around right now, back into skate mode. Um, you know, taking it easy. I'm not, like, full on going crazy, but, you know, just easing it in there. Hmm yeah
0: okay well um let's start in cyprus what was it like growing up in the city
2: of cyprus um so i'm, I'm from i'm from long beach <laughs> oh, then i grew i moved to cyprus so okay. i'm from two two worlds so ah. i started skating in cyprus and that's where like that's where everyone knows me from so okay. you know i just you know it's both ways but dude cyprus is like a, a little city right next to long beach and uh huntington and everything like that and it's just a super cool little small little little city that has a gang of skateboarders, man. Like it was crazy. Is so that I where Theotis there, is from? Theotis is from um, no, he's from like Gardena or something like that. Oh, somewhere okay. next, somewhere next to Compton or something like that. But okay, yeah. But uh, yeah, man, it's a cool little city, cool little 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 dope skateboard city.
0: Well, how did you get the skateboard bug? Like, was it in school somebody else had one? You saw it in a movie? Or, like, what was What drew you to it to make you want to, like, figure it out?
2: Yeah, I was playing sports at the time, and I was playing football. And I was coming home from school, and some kid just was skating by me. And I had no idea what, like, a skateboard was in my little world of sports. And he was just going by me, and I was coming home from school, and he just, like, alled up the curb. He went down the curb then went all up, he up the curb and I was just like blown away. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I need to get a skateboard down. Like I've never seen anything like physically, like he defied physics right there and I was like, yo. So I went to the skate shop that I live right next to called Furnace Skate Shop. Shout out. Oh
0: yeah, I know Furnace.
2: And I uh, I literally just hung out there for like every day just like so fascinated of that world. And uh I eventually got like a like a hand-me-down board from them and just you know next things next things next bro like (laughs) i got into that world and i was like hooked from that from that moment
0: so is this in junior high what when are what age
2: i was uh i'll say yeah junior high like the like sixth fifth grade fifth grade no elementary yeah elementary okay yeah yeah fifth sixth grade (laughs) What
0: what were some of your earliest memories like Did you like, uh, cause like, you know, I'm older obviously, but we had the curb cuts out in front of our house. So that's how we learned out to Ollie kind of use it as a jump ramp. Like, was there like bombing a hill on your butt or any, like what were the early moments that you were like, man, this is just all new and fun. And like, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, for sure. Or did you just go
0: straight to the nollie three? Like, nah, dude, (laughs) fuck all
4: that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, dude, I think, um, I started with the Ollie first, but mm. I would, you know, before all the internet stuff, I would, you know, go on to Google and Yahoo and I would okay. type in like how to Ollie and how to kickflip. And I print out the paper and I would just like, like literally print it out. And I just like a step-by-step guide. And I would just read this oh. paper over and over and over in my garage. And I would just like practice ollies. It took me like a year to learn how to Ollie, but. Did you do stationary read stationary or moving? stationary for sure
0: like on the carpet or on cement
2: like on in the garage floor so okay. kind of like yeah cement
0: uh-huh. and
2: yeah it was like i had a nash board first so that was the first board i had but then i eventually stepped it up after i learned in ollie i was like yo i see all these other guys have like like they have like dope ass boards you know and i'm like on this board that doesn't even roll <laughs> oh. <laughs> like for walmart board okay so, yeah but, but then yeah, i just
0: gave that to you
2: uh, that was after, so oh, I first, okay. yeah, gotcha. I, I first okay. got a board from, from Walmart. My mom bought me a board. So Furnace
0: then, gave you your first legit board.
2: Like legit board for sure. Okay. Right. Yeah. And then from there, man, I just kept reading this paper and I just kept like learning how to like do tricks off Yahoo pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just, yeah, man, I just would just read this thing over and over and over again until I got two tricks down and then that, you know, leads to other things and so on and so forth. I was
0: just um emailing with Diego, the butcher, butchieri, and he his email is at yahoo.com and I was like, dude, are you serious? Like I didn't know that it still
2: existed. I was like, Yahoo's still around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah I was printing I was printing out papers like two thousand and one when yahoo was like big time, you know. That was like right after AOL, like you know, you plug into the Wi-Fi right. and get on the AOL or Yahoo. So <laughs>
0: So have you kind of like grown up in the technical world? Like is technology like you've been drawn to it? I mean, if you're already like on Google and Yahoo and printing out things, it seems like it's already in your DNA that like, you know, you're going to like figure shit out through that.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely technology driven. I think I was on computers super young, man. I was using computers around like nine years old. So yeah. Once I figured out how to get on online, that was a wrap. Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Kind of the same, man. I I was always early shit. So um, who were some of your earliest influences? Like, did you see some pretty good dudes in your area or did you see a shop video or a magazine or something that you were like, fuck, who's that dude or something like that?
2: For sure. So I used to go to Eldorado Skate Park in Long Beach, and that's where I would see every pro come by there because that was the only park that had lights. It would stay on till 10. Uh, and that okay. was like one of the first like actual skate parks back in two thousands. Mm. So I would see Terry Kennedy, Evan wow. Hernandez, uh, Scott Kane, all the bootleg dudes, Knox. Uh, Bastions, Knox would be up there. Bastions, yeah. Alibonzi, P. Rod, all these dudes would just come oh, by. Wow. I didn't know who they. I didn't know who they were, and I was just like so blown away by like their style. You know, I was like, whoa, like I've never seen a skateboard style like this. So I was drawn into it right away. And Evan would pull up in like these benzes with spinning rims. And I would just be like, what? This is, this is from skateboarding. <laughs> this is crazy. So my world was like, I was already into hip hop and stuff like that early on. Mm. So when I saw that, I was like, this is like a, the epitome of, of hip hop and skateboarding. I was like, they got the Benzes, they got boost yeah. mobile phones chirping everybody. Yeah. And I was like, "Damn, this is sick. You know, and everyone's just like coming together. It was way different than sports for sure. Like way different than football, oh, basketball. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I went to that skate park every day just to see those guys. Then I eventually figured out like who they were and I got Baker 2G and all these other videos. But yeah, I was like, these are my favorite skaters, like from here on out.
0: (laughs) Big money, big cars, man. We used to crank that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. What was it like for you, you mentality wise, going from like a coach and a team's you know that whole sports thing is like whether it's baseball football or whatever it's like you're a team there's drills there's all this stuff to like having your own like i'm just gonna go learn this in my garage by myself like did you like that or did it feel lonely
2: i loved it yeah because i was like i was free from from like drilling you know people would like you know, coaches drill you to do something (laughs) and you can like, you do sometimes they can make you cry. You know what I mean? At a young age, it's like, they're really trying to get you to be focused and stuff like that. But at at the end it did help because it, you know, it gave me a lot of like stamina, stamina, mental, like toughness to, you know, jump downstairs and stuff like that. So all of it helped. But when I got out of it, I was like, I felt so much more freedom. I was like, I'm away from all this craziness. You know, I'm able to just, because my my childhood bringing up was really gnarly in, in, in general so oh. i had to figure out like how to balance everything and skateboarding kind of saved me from from just jumping off the cliff pretty much so yeah did you come
0: from uh were your parents divorced or
2: yeah so they were they had been divorced for i was nine when they got divorced so i just you know that's an age where you just don't know what's going on you know what i mean you're just like what is in the world is happening. And then you have to go to court and you have to sit who you, you have to figure out like who you want to stay with like mom or dad. And then you you have to, you have to say as a nine year old, you know, and that's gnarly. Yeah. And then I had to switch schools cause you know, you know, money problems in, in the household. Oh. So I had to do all that. And then, you know, trying to do sports, it's just all these rages in your brain. Like what in the world am I, what is my purpose? And you know, and then, skateboarding saved my life man <laughs> for sure it i would have seems ended like it up-
0: saved so many of our lives
2: literally yeah, yeah. No, i would ended up in a bad situation if i if i didn't pick up skateboarding because i was already going like this in a sense right Some grades were bad you know i was getting into trouble i was getting into all kinds of insa- insanity
0: <laughs> yeah like is there a lot of temptation to like in long beach it seems like there's a lot of like the drugs and gangs and different things like that. Is there like that temptation when you're seeing dudes driving around and these bling bling, all that stuff like, man, yeah. that could be the easy way out.
2: For sure. Yeah. I was getting in fights when I was a little kid just for random no. reasons. And I was just, I don't know. I was, that was just a lot of stuff going on and yeah. Then you have to go play sports and then you got coaches drilling you and your parents drilling you. And it's just like, I got to get away from all of this. And, Mm. Yeah, when skateboarding came in, it was around like fifth or sixth grade. Okay. I, I had already been moving around different places. I was moving around from L.A. to to Long Beach to Cyprus, all these different locations, but switching schools each and every time. So I had to make new friends and I was getting picked on and I was like, dude, what the <laughs> what the heck, man? And uh, yeah, I just, you know, I had, I had bleached my hair just to try to fit in with the society. I had my hair blonde at one point. Um uh, everyone does it now, but I was way ahead of the curve <laughs> back then. But uh yeah. Once I figured out like what my what my like purpose was to to do, you know, once I found that skateboard, I was like, All right, it's game time.
4: Okay.
0: And, yeah. yeah. What was, like, the early moment of you taking it to the next level? Like, did your homie get a video camera? Did you, like, learn a trick that somebody that was really good was impressed by? Like, did a shop give you something for free? Like, what was something that, like, early on kind of kept the stoke
2: to another level like oh man like <laughs>
0: open the door like let's go
4: you know
2: <laughs> so about like um after i learned to the ollie then i learned how to kickflip in the garage i went to furnace skate shop and um i told him i was like hey i can do a kickflip and my boy justin mclean was there we would have been friends for a little bit rest in peace justin and uh mm. he took me outside and dennis balu he was one of the guys that works at furnace he Saw me go outside and, and, and land a kickflip off the curb, pretty much like second try or something like that. I don't remember how many tries it took. But he was stoked. He was like, this little kid can like kick This was before like any little kid could do, besides like Knox and Evan and things like that. Um he was like, man, that's tight, man. You can kick Let's let's give you a little shot board. Let's give you a furnace board. And I was like, all right, sick, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> and now I went home and I like, it was, it was like a trophy. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I'm like, I feel like I'm sponsored. I, I thought I was sponsored, but I had more work to do. But yeah, they kept hooking me up, though. They kept giving me little little hand me down boards and stuff to keep me stoked up to to keep skating
0: uh-huh. and then
2: that eventually learned it landed into a real sponsor with Furnace. But right. they were the ones that like kept me going for sure. The skate shop, Furnace all day.
0: Yeah, I do. I can't say enough good things. I, everyone knows that I love skate shops. I mean, just the camaraderie when you go into a shop and like you said, maybe you were hanging out there in the early days and getting so much asking questions, watching uh, videos, having like camaraderie of dudes coming in and out, seeing different board shapes and feeling it and standing on it. Like all that stuff is like something that Amazon and the internet can never replace.
2: No, it's facts, man. Like, Actually, holding a skateboard, like even a pro, like a a pro's old board, and that's the board that you're holding when you're yeah. a little kid. That stokes you out so much. It's like oh. seeing a, somebody on television, like give you something. <laughs> you know, you're like, dang, that's pretty pretty sick. Uh-huh. And that opens a whole bunch of doors mentally. You know, as a kid,
4: for
0: sure. You're like,
2: dang, I can do, I can do anything. Especially if a pro gives you a board, you're like, dang, bro, like dang, <laughs> this is sick, man. Right. Yeah
0: so furnaces the first shop sponsor did you get like uh what was your like first product sponsor like trucks wheels board or something shoes probably not shoes
2: um i used to get audios at first but that was through my friend he, he looked me up through that but it was really? like a bunch of yeah yeah bro yeah like 2002 three damn I'm like yeah Getting shoes shiz-
0: is so sick.
2: Bro, it, it happened really fast. Like, a lot of things started happening really, really quick with skateboarding. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, whoa, like, this is happening this way. This is happening this way. And that's, like, where my mind was, you know. In school, I was like, all I wanted to do was skate. But mm-hmm. I had to go through a whole bunch of different random products. I don't remember the names. You know, when you first start, everybody wants to give you stuff when you go to these little contests. Like, here's yeah. some trucks. Here these. I don't know what they're called, but. But then eventually it landed through audio and then it landed through Fury trucks. And then it landed through a uh, couple flow. Like I was getting Baker stuff, like through the warehouse stuff first. And then
4: uh-huh.
2: Evan Hernandez would give me some stuff. And you know, all those guys at Eldorado that I used to see. Okay. So And I saw them at an early age. So that helped me later on in my career. Do you have a mentor
0: or anything that's like older, that's helping you not kind of make wrong decisions if like, things are starting to heat up and everyone's <clears throat> offering you like don't go with that that's whack save save yourself for something a little better or any of that mentality
2: um uh, no I kind of had to figure it out myself which uh-huh. is a good thing and then later you know like I started hanging around Darrell Stan and like Scott Kane and Ooh. those guys were like yeah they were I would go on you know skate trips with them and and just skate missions with them and they would just you know give me the game and I would just soak it all in like damn that's pretty cool man <laughs>
0: Was yeah. that when Darrell was unreal?
2: When he was on unreal, yeah. Oh man! That's... And he had a house. He had a house in Long Beach. Yeah.
0: When he showed up at Clipper, it was fucked. Like the shit he did on Clipper still fucked today.
2: Yeah. It's... No, really. It's
0: just... It really is. Yeah. <laughs> he skated like no other. Like switch shit, where you're just like, wait, what? Like,
2: yeah, dude. Darrell was. He's sick. one of my favorite skaters, man. Like, he mm. dude, his style is is the best. You know, mm. he does everything so like long armed and just nonchalant mm. and the songs he used, man. Oh man. I loved it. Yeah. Okay. He's a good dude, man. He's, he's, he's good, man. He's got his own little thing going on. So,
0: okay, good. Yeah. I love, I love Durrell. I'll always shout out him. Shout out. So what was it? Um, I heard pal maybe was the first board like flow or sp- sponsor or something. You got,
2: so yeah, I was getting, I was getting like stuff through the Baker stuff. Uh, and then, That was just like, that was just like flow stuff from one of the warehouse guys. Uh And then Powell came along and I already been like filming a bunch of stuff and they came in, and was like, Hey, we want to hook you up. And I would go on trips with Figgy and Daniel Espinoza and all these other Jordan Hoffert and stuff like that. And that was my real introduction into like the real skate world. Like going on super skate missions, like Figgy stuff he was doing, grinding 21 rail, 20 star rails. I was like, what? And, and, uh, what's his name? Um, the TM, uh, Deville, he would, dude, take us to the most insane spots. Like just, uh-huh. you know, I don't know if you know Deville. Oh,
0: hell yeah. yeah. I just, I kicked it with him in Phoenix like a couple of weeks ago.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's the best, but he took me to some insane stuff and, you know, it nice. he helped me out though. And, you know, he took me to Rincon and I switched my hill that. And he was the reason, like I was able to to grow pretty much in skateboarding without me even knowing it, though. But
0: you switch heel rink on, Is that the first time you'd ever even been there?
2: Yeah, switch front heeled it. Yeah, we went there at night. And like, hey, I don't check know if out this spot,
0: and you're like, oh, I'll switch it. To the,
2: yeah, the it like, crazy. It's, it's a dr- it's, it's
0: a tall one, right?
2: Yeah, it's a tall four block. Yeah, yeah. He took me there at night. We were just on a random mission. And oh. yeah, he's like, hey, you, you, you got Switch Front Heels, man. I think you could do it down this down this set. And I was like, okay, let me, let me check it out. We went there and lit it up. I don't know if you've seen the footage, but I Switch Front hill it. I land it, and he misses the whole entire sequence. Like, he misses the whole thing.
0: Oh, he was shooting photos?
2: Yeah, he was shooting the sequence. But you know it's a throwdown spot. So you mm-hmm. got to throw down and just like you know do your thing. Yeah, I th- I threw down. I don't think I think he was just like daydreaming or something, dude. Yeah. And I threw down and I switched from a hill, caught it, turned it, landed, rolled away. Everyone was like, "Oh my gosh!" But they knew that he missed it. So he was like, he just went like this, but no flash went off or anything, and he just looked, just looked in the in the distance like. Oh my gosh, I missed it, dude. Oh my gosh. So God. we had to, we had to piece it together. Holy shit. I had to switch one idiot, then like switch front hill, kick out and then, you know, we piece piece it together to create a a sequence for. I think it was a checkout or something like that in Transworld okay yeah
0: holy shit man that's the worst <laughs> feeling you're uh, like how do i explain this to this dude hey yeah. can you try that again
2: <laughs> like dude
0: <laughs> wow do you remember what your first video that you watched that maybe you watched on repeat like the maybe the single part that you rewound and watched like every day to get you hyped was there something like that in your life
2: oh yeah uh i re-watched fulfill the dream every day I mm. would watch um uh, I would watch Baker G everyday. Mm. I would I would watch uh Yeah Right. I mean that would be I mean it was a uh, really or sorry and then uh day one versus Ronnie Mullen, round two, every day.
0: Whose part yeah. in sorry was your favorite? Ba-
2: Bastion's all day. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. yeah. We were we were Apple Yard.
2: Apple Yard too
0: when when apple yard i probably said this before but when apple yard came out with the uh every me and every you song like yeah we went and saw that fucking band because we it was so in our head from watching apple yard
2: all the time was it placebo right yeah placebo so it was like
0: we're like they're coming let's just go see them
2: (laughs) (laughs) dude i would watch that part every day because of that song too
0: yeah yeah like dude uh, that those videos were fucking heavy, dude. I loved it, dude. Carto, yeah. Rally, everything. Everything. Um, so I was wanting to talk to you about because I heard you were skating with the skate mafia bros early on, like Surrey and and when Kramer maybe and those dudes.
2: Yeah. So during the Powell days, me and Deville and, and the team would we'd take a drive to San Diego mm. like every weekend and we meet up with them and they had all the spots. So we'd meet up with Kramer and, uh, Tyler Surrey and the, I forgot the skate shop that was called out there, but, uh, Pacific filmer, Drive? there was another one. Uh, dude, what's it called? It's what they all used to skate for. I forgot the name of it though. Oh, okay. But there was a filmer there that he would get everybody in the van and, and take us to, to these super cool spots. But that's Dan, right? Dan Conley. Uh, this guy named creepy Kyle. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a little foot toucher, man. He's a creepy dude, but I don't know if you heard of him. <laughs> no, but we
0: had our own creepy Kyle, Kyle did Camarillo. Really?
2: Yeah. Oh, but he did. He did he touch feet?
0: I don't think so, but he was okay. just, I don't know how he got creepy, but uh, <laughs> a yeah,
2: foot this, dude, toucher. this dude would, yeah, touch feet. I don't know if you heard the stories, but yeah, he, no. was, he had a foot fetish for like skater kids.
0: Oh, damn.
2: And he would, yeah, he would be super gnarly, man. And, it's, I don't know if you heard the story, but yeah, it's 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 a pretty intense story. Yeah, like it's like, it's
0: not even a joke, huh?
2: It's not a joke. Yeah, it's like rough. It's like oh yeah. damn. like he would wait till they were, they would like sleep and and do weird things and to their feet. Oh, yeah, whoa, take off their shoe. Yeah, all these all escape the mafia dudes. Man, like yeah, they had to send him home during a Tampa Am contest because he it was so bad that they ended up cu- getting together and was like, look, bro, you're creepy, bro. You got to go home. Like this Whoa. is not the business, dude. And what the fuck is that? Jesus Christ. But he's a, he filmed like their whole career when they were all hands. Like all that footage that you see early on.
4: Uh-huh.
0: That
2: was that was creepy Kyle. Okay.
0: Was Marius <laughs> with him and stuff?
2: Mar yeah, Marius. Julian Davidson. Like those there's are a lot like, of dudes. Those are yeah.
0: such dear homies. I love Surrey and Wes and like um, I don't know if you knew Shockus, but when he was down there, he kind of introduced me to all those San Diego guys. And like, I've gone on a few trips with them and they're just so sick. Like the first time we went on a trip, the second day I was like, these are like my best friends. Like these guys are oh, yeah. so cool. And like, they don't complain. They rip, they're funny. Like it, I love those dudes.
2: Oh yeah, for sure, man. Like, you know, Kellen and, uh, yeah small leg all those guys dude like i met them yeah when i was a little kid and i was like "Damn, these guys are cool man just Mm. just free spirited and just no worries right what is kind of like the thing
0: that gets you like are you ever really sponsored until blind are you kind of on flow on those other things like uh, i think it was what pal and baker and pop war uh oh chocolate you were on chocolate or you were on flow
2: I was on flow for chocolate for four years. So literally till blind, I was flow. I was flow for mystery. I was flow for pals, flow for chocolate. I was flow for, yeah, a bunch of these other companies, man. And ice cream. I was on ice cream for a second, the shoe company. Yeah. I was, I was slow for that. Um, yeah, it took me a minute to really get on some companies, you know.
0: Were you discouraged or stoked? Like, were you like, oh, it's cool to be on flow," and then after a while, like, no, I need more than this? Or were you just skating stoked? Or, like, what was your vibe?
2: Man, I was bummed. I was like, dude, I don't know if this is for me. I was huh. filming crazy, man. I would I would send Sam Smythe, like, the most gnarliest footage every week. Like, <laughs> I would go to Wilshire 15, and, like, i gnarly hilled it. Uh, back in the day and I would just do all these like hammers, you know, and send them to Sm- smite every week. Like, boom, look, like I'm trying to get on and like Beebo was trying to vouch for me at the time. And mm. yeah, I don't know what happened, you know? So I use, I use all that footage that I gave Sam Smite for a digital video part that helped me to get on crew and super and super later on. But oh yeah, yeah super. Yeah. Yeah. You've been mixed but, with a lot of legends. Dude. So many uh. crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, Supra must have been insane. Did you go on some trips with them?
2: Yeah, I went on the majority of trips with them. And Like, that was... like
0: the entire, like the A, the all-star, like Muska, All-stars. Penny. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, Bro, were you guys getting treated like the Beatles when you'd show up and stuff?
2: Everywhere we went to, man. It was crazy. <laughs> we were rock, rock stars on that, on that team. Man. Yeah, wow. Dude, Penny would come to my room and... You know, he likes to freestyle and stuff like that. And oh. I would make, I was making beats at the time and he would come to my room every night. It was me and Furby and he would come in and just freestyle for hours over my beats. And I would record them and I have like a song with Penny, like over one of my beats. I was like, this is so sick, man.
0: No way.
2: <laughs> yeah, dude. Wow. Yeah. Every night he would come to my room and just freestyle. Huh. He would say that for like hours, dude. Yeah, me and Furs were just like, dude, this is the best, best thing ever. He's like our favorite skater.
0: So you would mostly room
2: with Furby? Yeah, Furby or Nick Tucker. Uh oh. yeah, usually those two.
0: Okay. What is the origin story of the Nolly 360? When did you like learn it? How did you learn it? Like it's kind of a unique trip. Not a lot of people have it, especially not the way you have it. Like, what do you remember like? Oh, like, did you do Caballeros first? And then think, like, how did it come?
2: Dude, I was doing Nolly back when 80s first. Huh. And Evan Hernandez was my favorite skater. So I watched everything that he did. Mm. And he would do them at El Dorado on the pyramid. Um, and then I saw a sequence of him. I think it was in Transworld, off this red stair, Garden Grove, eight stair um, in Orange County. And he Nollie 360 did. And I was like, what? Like, I just like looking at it I'm like damn that's the trick no one does and and it just kind of felt right I would I would imitate him like so much when I was growing up so that was one of the ones I was like I gotta I gotta learn that you know and that's I want to show him but yeah I, I just took it and just excuse me and just ran with it and there was affected no, it was yeah
0: there was nothing on Yahoo to print out though for that one.
2: No, it was just a sequence of Evan and I would just look at it the same way I looked at Oh them. really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Like foot placement, body weight, like every like totally like break everything down.
2: Break everything down, yeah. Right. And that's one of those tricks that just worked for me because I like to do backside tricks. So I just, you know, not back when eighties and I was like, okay, just a little bit more turn and uh uh-huh. I just kept at it for pretty years until I, you know, got it down. But He's really the one that I, I learned from. Okay. Yeah.
0: Too sick. Um and then so I was confused on the timeline here, but I know like that you had like a pretty solid part in that atmosphere uh, what was it? Barry video,
2: right? Barry video, yeah.
0: Is that before or after the Wallenberg contest?
2: That was that was before. That was before.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So so that may have helped you get uh to blind but i feel like i never seen you but i mean i I live in norcal but i definitely seen you at wallenberg and then i think you got on blind pretty shortly after that yeah
2: so that was before chocolate so i was getting or no that was during chocolate sorry my bad that was during chocolate Mm -hmm. but i was that part had came out and that made a lot of noise down here um southern cali and a couple other places and the wallenberg contest had come up a little bit after that so i think it was like what 2009 i think it was or 10 9 wallenberg Uh, eight or something like that
0: yeah maybe eight
2: yeah so bear video was around that same time maybe a year before okay so i get there and i'm just like i thought you know everyone knew that video just a little kid being naive uh, but no one knew, so I was just like, oh, snap, I got to go and uh, prove these guys that I can skate. And yeah, Wallenberg, that was a crazy contest. Yeah, what made you think like to go to
0: Wallenberg? Had you been there before? I've never been there. I think,
2: what's that? what was that? Dude, it's been so long, but uh, we were on a trip. I think Jordan Hoffert and DeVille wanted to go there. But, it, yeah, one thing led to another, and, and we get there, and it was just like this massive contest that I had no idea that was gonna be that insane <laughs> it, I was so nervous, I was so nervous to go escape that that spot because I saw Chris Cole up there, and I seen like all these heavy a listers up there, and I was like,
0: jeez, yeah, that was I think it was two thousand nine actually, and that was the one where Chris Cole back threeed it and then hit his head, and then next time he made it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. That oh, yeah, I was I was on S at the time. I forgot about that. I forgot to even say that. I was on S.
0: Oh, Dude. okay. With Scuba? Yeah.
2: With Scuba, yeah. Sick. I was about to get on the actual team, too. So I was about to be AM for S. This was after Ice Cream. And they made a shoe for me, like a whole Romar insole and like a colorway for me. Yeah. And right as I was about to get on S, Supra was coming out. And they were going back and forth trying to get me on the team. This was... This was like after Wallenberg, but, um, yeah, they wanted me on the team both ways. And then I had a meeting with Don Brown and Scuba and everybody, and we were going back and forth. And then, uh, next thing you know, Scuba had hit me up next week and was like, Hey man, you should take the super deal. Cause we're going out of business. And I was like, what? So it kind of messed mm-hmm. up my whole deal with, with, uh, Supra, but.
4: I I
0: remember that. That was crazy. Cause I was friends with Mike Anderson and I think they were just about to give him a shoot too. And they were in Santa Cruz on like some demos, like traveling. And uh, it just, the news just broke, like while they were there. and, And I was talking to him and Scuba and a couple of the other guys. And they were just like, dude, what am I going to do? Like this yeah. was like important for me, you know, like it was substantial money that they were like, you know, helping their lives out with. So I remember when that, that all went down, but yeah, let's talk about Wallenberg because, uh, what was the biggest thing that you had ever thrown down before going there?
2: I went to Carlsbad Gap like oh. two weeks before Wallenberg and I had an only 360 there Oh, and I did. I did. I very often did that same day, and I was just like so, like ready to go. And that Wallenberg contest was just right around the corner. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Yeah, let's let's go. I want to. I want to do it down that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was my preparation, pretty much, because Carlsbad is like this is like a distance type of gap. You know, it's like far. So Wallenberg is like kind of similar, a little taller. Yep. Um. So I was like prepared. I was like ready to go for that. But
0: the difference is, you got like fuck, I don't know, three or 400 people in attendance and then a fucking gnarly shooter ramp that, like... <laughs> yeah. So you're dealing with all that. And then if you had to do it all over again, if you went back in time, would you still wear the Dodger hat? Whoa, slow it down. <laughs> yeah.
2: Heck yeah, man! Nah, yeah, for sure. I had no idea that. I forgot, like, NorCal hates L.A. You've seen the movie Colors, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't have to tell you. I go to L.A. and I don't wear a Giants hat because I've gotten hit. <laughs> I've gotten hit in the head before. Just. By dudes walking down the street and stuff I'm like damn they take this shit serious
2: seriously yeah but
0: talk about that like yeah you didn't know, know Jake did know. at I, all
2: right I had no idea who anybody was you know up there um, that was my first time meeting so many people mm. Uh new faces and Thrasher and all of these guys and yeah I had no idea Phelps you know rest in peace he didn't like the LA Dodger hat that bad and I was just like oh man I gotta I gotta even work even 10 times harder now you know to prove this guy, like I can skate, and just going through the motions through that whole contest was just like, dude, that was that was a tricky one, man. That was that was I was low key scared. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, you're scary. in
0: a different territory, and like I said, like when you look at the footage and you see the wall of people, it's gnarly. Like, and when people would skate, the people the crowd would get closer so the mm-hmm. the runway like you see lizard king doing like a, a what do you do a firecracker, or firecracker. A fucking air walk or something it, it, it is just like when you're like jesus christ yeah and Dude, um, this- having an old man on the mic screaming yeah. at you and telling you to take the dodger hat off but to jake's defense he's not here to defend himself so i have to do it but uh I would say one of the things was, and Chris Cole talks about this, is there was so many random people trying to get some. And and the people that were there, like Chris Cole, everyone knew Chris Cole was there and he was going to try the back 360. And we need to see some shit go down because we only got this for like, I think it's 45 minutes to an hour. And then they had to leave. Like there was a permit yeah. for the spot. And uh, so there's all these random kids up on the thing so much that people could barely get up there to like take their chance so i think jake obviously he had never seen you before and he doesn't know what you're trying and then he sees a dodger hat and it doesn't take much to get jake to fucking just you know what i'm saying but that what happened to anyone that doesn't know is like you were trying the nollie uh back 360 and you were getting closer but you're dealing with all the elements and jake yelling at you basically right
2: Yep, for sure. And maybe
0: even like kind of like explain what happened because I, I, I was filming it. <laughs> I got the. Yeah, phrase. yeah.
2: You were the first one I talked to from that whole thing from like the interview standpoint. But I like literally tried to varial flip it first. You know, that was my intention was just like, let me try to fling out a varial flip. And uh, as soon as I fling one out, Phelps was like, get this random dude out of here. The Dodger cap, get him out of here. Yeah. And literally he would stand like in. The middle of the four block, like the w- Wallenberg Four, and just like while I'm trying a trick, like stand there, you know, like trying to make me get hurt, you know. And I was like, dang, this is, this is like no joke, you know. I'm like, I've never seen anything like this before in my life where someone's trying to physically make, get me hurt, you know. Yeah. So I was just, you know, I would, I was just trying to like be the bigger dude and just walk around him, you know, like, cause, you know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna cause like a fight in front of everybody, which I'm not that dude anyway, but like, right. he was getting so close though, that I was like, bro, I might have to, I might have to, you know, I might have to come out.
0: But you had so much determination, like you weren't, like some people would have just walked away and said, I can't deal with this, but you are like, no, I'm gonna, I gotta do this.
2: Yeah, exactly. Just from, you know, from what I was telling you before, being flow and just like, I'm just trying to make something of myself, you know, like trying my hardest and nothing was happening. So that contest was just kind of like the the deal breaker mm. and so I was just like you know what let me be the bigger dude let me just keep trying to do some tricks and uh I had to switch my game plan up because flip wasn't cracking at the time so uh I had I had to impress Phelps you know for anyone I was like the he was like the guy so I, was like, I have to impress this guy yeah. without wanting to do that but you know and then um yeah I tried knowledge 360 and I flung one out stuck it and everyone I got everyone's attention everyone was like whoa who is this kid <laughs> you know like yeah. what And as soon as I stuck like one, Phelps started to move back a little bit and move back a little bit. And he was still hating a little bit, but he was, you could tell that he wanted me to like, (laughs) you wanted to see that one. He wanted to see that. (laughs) And and I think, I think the crowd wanted to see it too. So, you know, I kept trying it, kept trying it. And, you know, I broke my board and there's one time where I got broke my board and he takes my trucks and my whole complete, my setup and throws it into the crowd.
3: Chucks it into the
2: crowd and I I I, I, I laugh it off, you know, but I'm like, dude, what? This man's crazy. And uh, yeah, then I use I I borrowed somebody's board and I kept trying it, but I I didn't land it. But you know, I think the sticks kinda like opened the doors for for me in the world of skateboarding, you know. Just sometimes the the not landing it is better than, you know. Doing it sometimes in that sense, you know, like you the way that the atmosphere was, it kind of opened up a lot more opportunities, you know.
0: Plus your attitude, I think like your perseverance and your determination, that shows a lot of your character. And so somebody's gonna look at you and be like, Oh, this guy ain't you know, he ain't turning around. He he wants to land it t- and and he wants to do this. So, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I could see like who was it, Weese or somebody that probably like was there and was like, We gotta get this guy.
2: Yeah. Weiss was there for sure. Yeah. And I I had, uh, you know, I was trying to get off chocolate and I talked to Jared Lucas, Mm. uh, the bones team manager. And I said, I said, Hey man, I, I like, I like blind man. Like, is there any way you can get my footy tape to the, we sent the, sent the footy tape to him. And like that day, Weiss got back to him that literally that night, it was like, let's, let's put him on, let's put him on right now. Like, let's go. How hyped are you
0: you? Is that a fucking sick moment?
2: I was super, super hyped, man. I was like, dude, finally, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dang, man, I had to go through so many things to finally get to an amp spot on uh-huh. blind, you know? And that was, you know, that was a mission in itself. But that helped a lot, though, you know? Like, it really, I had to figure out, like, what the skate world was, like, right. how it worked and the industry and and all these little things and big things. And, yeah, Wallenberg was definitely that, that epitome of all that, you know? All the industry guys were there, like, literally there.
0: Yeah. I mean, is that the only Buster Bale you've ever skated in?
2: Yeah, that's the only one.
0: You didn't go to the, there was one in San Diego, I think, uh, at that Jeremy Ray at the Convention Center.
2: Oh, no, no, I didn't, I didn't go to that. I think that, that one was enough for me, dude. I was, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was wondering <laughs> yeah. if
0: like you wanted redemption or you're like, nah, that's cool. Yeah.
2: That one and done, dude. I was, I was, over
0: and it. did you, you yeah. came back to Wallenberg though, right? Did you do
2: something down it eventually? So I went back there with TJ. He switched big spin it, dude, in like three tries, <laughs> and I tried to like three sixty it again, but I just, I just was over it. I just didn't feel right. I just, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't prepared. So, wait, was that with Descenso too? No, it was a blind trip that we took to to NorCal. Okay, huh. and uh, yeah, he went. Th- he went there specifically to switch big spend it. Wow.
0: Okay. And it, so- yeah, he did it.
2: He did it in four tries or three tries or something. Damn, <laughs> it's so good.
0: So what's like your first trip with blind or like first, like I'm a part of this crew and like getting to know who you're going to mesh with and who's like, maybe not your dude, but you still got to tolerate and all that shit.
2: <laughs> so we went, we had a downtown showdown contest, the bands oh, one. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was my first introduction to the whole team. It was like Craiger, James Craig and uh, Morgan Smith and no uh, Sheffy. I no, Sheffy wasn't there yet. But, um, what was yeah those three guys were. i was like that that's blind to me you know and we did this whole contest and i got to mesh with craig girl, and that was like i knew him a little bit but i didn't know him like fully mm. and yeah messing with james craig was like you know, they, those that was my favorite section in the in the round two blind video or ronnie versus day one song video mm. and yeah just kicking it with those guys i was like yeah dude this feels good you know finally like i feel like part of a team right yeah and then I think we did pretty good at that contest yeah, Like first or second 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 I think but
4: yeah
0: Which which one was that what what were the obstacles cuz I went to I think it wasn't the one where Omar cracked his head open right
2: Dude it might have been that one it had like, like this the huge eleven a- stair like red yeah, 11. Stars. I was at yeah. the one. Yeah. 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 That was yeah, yeah. the
0: first time I think I seen who was it? Uh, Nick Merlino. First time I seen, him. he was doing
2: everything down
0: the fucking big ledge or whatever.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. That huge stair set. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was my first time meeting Nick Merlino too. And I was like, damn, this guy's <laughs> crazy. Jeez. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was fucking, those things were cool. Like in the whole Hollywood uh, studio shit, like, cause I'm from up here. So that stuff's really foreign to me. So I'm like, dude, I kind of want to just go check out this stuff like a tourist. Like but there's (laughs) sick skating happening, like super much. How do you feel about contests? Like um, there's all different types, obviously you got your Tampa's and then you have your Buster Bale and then you have like these. Um, ones like the showdown, which are like obstacle built and stuff. Like, I think there's three or something where they had like three different obstacles and each team would like figure it out. But do you thrive in those or do you get more nervous? Like, are you, I just want to go out and film. Like what, you, what would you, how would you describe yourself?
2: Um, dude, early on, I, I kind of like the, those type of contests. The ones where you just don't have to be like one run and, and like, it's just, everyone's watching you. It's kind of like a team thing. Mm. I kind of like those ones. Like that's where I was like, yeah, I'm down for the showdowns. I was down for, you know, Tampa. I was down for the Tampa Amps too, but yeah, mostly like the team, the team okay. ones for sure. Yeah. Less spotlight,
0: like a little less, like, I, it seems to me like, and I'm not trying to talk too much shit, but street league to me is just so boring. And like, I just can't, I don't like the street league, uh, And I feel like that's kind of what went to the Olympics, where it's like everyone just tries one gnarly trick on this thing. And there's so much bailing. It's like to people outside of skateboarding, they're watching that. They're like, does anyone ever land anything? You know, it's just like I like more of the flow where you're like skating through and you're showing like I did a kickflip. Now I'm doing a varial heel like and you keep showing that you can skate.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: But I mean, Nyjah and those dudes are gnarly. They fucking so kill nice. it on on the <laughs> obstacles. But it's like I don't know. Just as far as like, there's probably a better medium. But for me, I mean, I'm a fan of the Buster Bale uh format because it's so sick to go to a spot that's legendary and see all this new shit. Like, because in skateboarding, everyone knows about the ABD, and so you can't. You have to step up to something new, and to me, that adds this extra pressure and excitement that when somebody does something it's like forever and it's in the history books almost like it's kind of legendary
2: oh yeah for sure especially at the spots that you guys like wanted to get them to those oh, are man, like legendary clipper. spots dude. clipper <laughs> man like shane
0: o'neill at clipper you're just like that's forever <laughs> yeah yeah
2: literally yeah yeah I, they don't yeah it's not like that anymore man I, like i kind of miss those vibes of that that era you know of just like the buster bell and just these legendary spots, you know, that Mm. kind of made skateboarding for what it is.
0: Well, you talked a little bit about um, kind of filming a lot, um, even in your flow days, sending Sam a bunch of stuff and all that kind of stuff. So that's like, obviously you're comfortable filming. And then you get on blind for real. And you, this is basically your first, like, part part right where you're like you've had some parts with some other stuff but when the blind uh what was that video called
2: this is not a test
0: yeah this is not a test wasn't that kind of like i mean that must have been was there a premiere for it
2: yeah there was a premiere for it at solte so is that
0: kind of like i mean looking back is that like a a huge thing for you
2: yeah that's the part that really made my whole career really like i went I went uh, with a Goku on, the, on that part, dude. I I literally put all what I had into it, and you know, I, I made sure that that part was a standout part. And you know, Luis gave me the last part in that video, so I was able to like, you know, pick this song, Craig Mack flavor in your ear. And- Dude, you know, such that. a good song for that part,
0: man. So you picked <laughs> yeah. that song.
2: So it was supposed to be. It was supposed to go to Morgan, and I was in the editing room. I like to be in all the editing spots, like editing my footage and stuff with with the the editor. Mm. And um, yeah, they wanted to use a different song for me because they, they had to get the rights for these songs, so yeah. they're only able to get a few. And I was like, hey, like I, I like Flavor of the Year. Like, is there any way like we could trade? You know, will more will Morgan be cool with that? And I think Weis was like, "Yeah, I think he'll be he'll be stoked." You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. So we just swapped, and you know, I, I hope he's hope Morgan's cool with it. I never asked him about it, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: like, did he know he was gonna have that song at one point and then realized he wasn't gonna have it? Or I think did... he
2: picked. I think he picked that song first.
0: It's a good
2: song, especially yeah. for
0: like. The situation for you, like kind of like on the rise, like and you're like about to go pro, and then you have the last part, like it's sick.
2: Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I, I, I was like, I have to use this song, man. Like, I have to. It fits so perfectly. And while we're editing it, editing it, we were just like, dang, this, this is gonna be really, really sick when it comes out. And then, but- yeah, we had those, we had the premiere at Soul Tech and that was like my debut for it. Was supposed to be S, supposed to get on S Blind, and all these things supposed to happen. But it ended up being super. But yeah, during that, this this is not a test part. Like, bro, we went on super missions, man, to, you know, Santa Monica triple set and yeah, you know, all these different rail. Like I was like trying to show my rail game too. And yeah, it was super, super dope. I love that how, part.
0: How much more footage did you have to film after the triple set? Was it the last thing you got or was it early on? And then you felt fi- like, did you get that ender like early or was that the last thing you filmed for that part?
2: The nolly back Hill was definitely the last last trick that Nollyback back and nolly hill front crook down this seven rail in san bernardino like those are the last two uh-huh. but i was like i have to get the nolly back heel. and that was my last time going there i was on my last like i i can't do this anymore i'm super sore like they're just gonna have to call it to figure out a different ender uh-huh. and i had i dude rolling down that little ramp to the triple set dude Last attempt. i was literally this is my last one. It was like a crowd. It felt like Wallenberg, dude. Like the crowd of people everywhere. <laughs> you know, there's like a bar right there. There's like everybody at the beach, and like that last one, I I kicked it and like not back hill, landed it, rolled away, and everyone was like, "Yeah, yeah, bro!" Like I was like, "My part's done. It's over." Like That's that. The that was yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is <laughs>
0: that is that the same day that that guy is yelling at you in the intro, like you're gonna break your fucking neck?
2: That was the first time we went there. Okay. Yeah, and that dude with the dog was just yapping away, <laughs> and Weiss had to step in, bro, and just. <laughs> yeah, thank God for Weiss, That he was. Yeah, he he's like the protector. <laughs>
0: has Has Weiss ever just got naked, like to like divert attention? Like I know he likes to do the naked five forty. So has he ever just like oh,
2: look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen him do that. Like get naked. No. and skate i've never seen it like oh. not once so i'm like thank god <laughs> that used
0: to be like he would just show up and you're like it's coming he's a wild dude i love that dude man the <laughs> digital
4: days Woo.
2: yeah so yeah dennis martin and and, and we were sort of the ones that i got my first digital part with in uh what's it called smoke and mirrors uh-huh so that was that was before the blind video
0: and they would always use sick music i remember that yeah. for sure like because i think working at thrasher I think we, because we were who we were, we had to like have music rights earlier earlier than some of the other people or the other people had budget that we didn't have for the music. But I would always get jealous. I'd be like, dude, they're using fucking a song I listened to. <laughs> like, yeah. We got to use like just this. Folder of stuff that people, you know, and I will be like, damn. But it's always, I mean, as a videographer, everyone knows that music is a big part of like that fucking, you know, it helps the heart yeah. so
2: much. So it can make or break your part for sure.
0: Yeah, just ask trapasso They, I, we always said trapasso went career suicide with that IE crazy. Like
2: <laughs> he stepped into Cinder's world in that video part, huh? I, I love
0: those dudes. What was your, do you remember the first time you met Shane Hale? Like you were on, you've been on Shake Jump for a minute, right?
2: Yeah, since 2013. Uh-huh. like that. Yeah. Like how did I, that was, all go down? How did that go no down? Like did maybe through
0: do? Terry Kennedy? Oh, through crew,
2: through, through Crew. Uh-huh. We went on this uh, Canada, Canadian tour called Smash and Grab. And it was, yeah, it was all the Shake Jump crew. It was a lot of the Baker squad and, you know. And I, I met Shane and met like Herm Dog and all these other guys, and we just meshed really well. And that's where you know we just became br- bros like instantly from that trip.
0: Those guys yeah. are hard not to mesh with. I fucking yeah. like Spanky, Herm, Figgy, all those dudes, Reynolds. Ev- yeah. They're all just like the prototypical dude, like rad skater and rad in the van, and just not like I don't know. I just it's it's easy.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I met I've I've known Beagle for a minute like for even before like during the little cypress california like days man like super super young i used to see him eating at wendy's like by himself all the time in my in my neighborhood i'm like like i know this guy i've seen him in like videos you know and i guess he used to work like right around where we used to skate i just to see him over and over again and he used to skate Murdy park in huntington beach
4: Mm -hmm. so
2: that was pretty close to where we live and and I ended up going on trips with him and I was like, What dude? This is a crazy small world, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: Holy shit. No, Beagle's the best. I just actually had him on like recently, like we caught up. What was it like going pro? Did they have a big party? Were you surprised? Or was it like one of those things that like it was planned out and it was like coming and you knew? Like, were were you involved with the graphics and stuff, or did they surprise you with it?
2: Oh uh, yeah, they've surprised me with it. Oh, so I was sick. supposed to go, I was supposed to go pro right after this is not a test part. Uh-huh. But, you know, Super was still a, you know, a new company and they had, you know, they had to like work me in there and, and they wanted to do super, some cool stuff to even it out. So I had to wait till another part came out called damn to turn pro. Oh yeah. But once I turned pro, I had no idea. So Dennis Martin, the team manager for crew and Supra was like, Hey Romar, like we want to go like, Let's go out to eat. This fool never invites me to go out to eat. So like, okay, like, let's go. He's like, what's your favorite spot? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just told him some to random spot and we went there and it was like close to Long Beach. And I was like, okay, like he never comes out here, like really. And he's like, let's Spencer Hamilton and his his wife was was out or, uh Dennis Martin's wife was out there too. So we're eating and they're just all smiling and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> And so, uh, they're like, let's go to the red room after this. You want to go get some drinks? I'm like, dude, what? I was like, let's go. So like, I hop in this car, we drive over to the red room. So you could sense
0: something was up.
2: Something was up. I was like, all right, something's going on. I kind of felt like it was like that time, but I just had no idea, like in in a different way. But I see all like, like my homies outside, like my, my bros. And, um, once I get there, they all scatter into the bar and I'm like, okay like that's weird like afraid of me or something i don't know <laughs> so i get out and like i'm walking in with dennis and everybody And as soon as i open up the door it was just like a roar of like yeah, you're pro and everyone had these ba- they made these banners for me like crew and super made these cool ass like you're pro banner and like it was like a bucket of chicken like a kfc bucket of chicken and my yeah. face is like on the front of it and it uh. had like all these they had like five boards of like my name on it ready to go and i was just like did i get inside musk is djing oh shit <laughs> yeah, dude i'm like what i see stevie williams over here i'm like sheffy's over here i'm like man oh. this is all the like big dogs are up in there man i was like dang this is crazy <laughs>
0: nice they did it right
2: yeah That's sick, that was something i can i can never forget about that man that was that was man that was crazy
0: what was the graphic did they have your board there too like here it is, or did that come out later?
2: Yeah, so they had, you know, like the OG blind logo? Like yeah. The, the writing, they had it in like Romart writing, like the, the, oh, the that OG. that font? That okay. font, yeah. Yeah. And then it had like my face on it with like different colors, and then they had like a chicken board, like a, it's one back here, but yeah, it's like, it's super rad, man. Like they had like a bunch of bunch of dope graphics, like ready to go. That rules. Fuck Yeah. yeah
0: what has happened since then that's kind of been like the pinnacle of like being a pro like how how did that make you feel like i can relax now or did that put a fire under your ass that like fuck i have to turn it up even another level now like did i mean you had filmed some like parts that people were stoked on i always tell pat duffy his uh, biggest problem was he his first video part was too gnarly and he raised yeah. the bar too high. Like, <laughs> did you feel like this weird pressure of like, how am I going to one up what I already put a lot of time and effort into? Or were you like, this is what I've been wanting. And now it's time to get it really good.
2: Dude. I mean, you know, obviously it gets harder every time you drop a video part and I've already <laughs> dropped like so many before that, you know, like, I mm-hmm. was like the most, the best stuff that I could do. Yeah. So, I mean, it definitely was like turn up the notch a little bit more, but, you know, I had to deal with like going on tours now, you know, and like giving footage to Supra, giving footage to Blind, giving footage to all these other ventures and all these other companies. Right. And, you know, that became so difficult, you know, and everyone expected some some high level skating. Uh And I would, I mean, I was getting beat up, man, like, you know, going on the Super tours and then like coming back home and going straight to a blind tour and then going, you know, I wasn't ready. I mean, I was ready for that, but I was like, dude, this is tough, man. And, you know, I had to learn the ropes from that, but yeah, definitely, definitely turning pro was like a, that was like the beginning, even though I, a lot of people were following my career before that, that was like, you got to shoot stuff for the mags, you know, and all these other things. So right, it was, yeah.
0: Did you ever get a cover for any of the mags?
2: Yeah. I got a cover for uh skateboarder. Oh, for, sick. For, Yeah, Nolly Hill down this grass gap. It was the ender for my damn video part. Who shot that? Uh, Dude, uh, Retta. Oh, sick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so that was my first cover. That's my only cover, but I'm stoked to even have a cover. So
0: What was some stuff that you kind of like, as a kid, were all like fanned out about, but like as a veteran, you're like, this this is what I would teach my kids about being a pro skater and having a skateboard career.
2: I think it's all about pretty much pacing yourself, you know, you don't want to do too much too quick. Mm. That's why I try to tell a lot of other skaters. is like, like you were talking about Pat Duffy, <clears throat> like you don't want to go too, too hard. Your first video part, like <sighs> you do want to go hard, but you don't want to like give it all away, you know, cause you got more things to, to build up from that. And so right. you want to be able to, you know, you know, have the stamina and the the, the pace to keep, keep going um and build from that. I even told Chris Johnson, you know, like he was a kid that who was watching me because we all grew up in the same area.
4: Oh, I was like, you don't
2: want to trade for Bel Toro right now. You want to wait a little bit, you know, do it down like do down Davis Gap, but then like then reach, you know, wait your way up, and then so that you have the longevity. You want to have longevity in this game because that's the key, and and most you know athletic sports and even skateboarding. So
0: yeah, Yeah, it's a double edged sword. Like for me, I, I look at it as like if I'm a young kid. I'm trying everything I can do to get to where I want to get. Right. So yeah. I'm putting everything in that. Cause I need that. And then you get to that and then you're, then everyone knows who you are. So they're expecting it, but you already just spent your fucking everything. And then also like somebody like Jocelyn, you know, Corey Duffel is another example like how many times can you do this shit without your body breaking down? So like in your prime, you kind of have to get what you can because at some point you're going to skate stairs less. You're going to like do bigger stuff less. And you know, you're all of a sudden your front side air guy, you know, like whatever. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, no, like, I mean, it's, 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 it is a double-edged sword, man. It really is. Cause it's just like, you have to prove yourself over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's like, you have to, you have to be better than your last part. Mm. And yeah, it's tricky. It's a tricky thing. Okay. So in
0: all of this going on, have you been dabbling at any point in, I mean, obviously music was important to you, but like, what part do you really kind of like start like figuring out being a DJ?
2: Dude, literally, like this is not a test. I was dabbling into DJing, like already there. Ah. so I was already into like I was already with, into music fully, with
0: records or digital,
2: digital for sure. Okay, yeah. So I was just dabbling into that, and you know, and I was making beats. So when I go on super tours, I was I was literally on the train while we going to different like um, locations, and I would just pull out my my little beat pad and start making beats on the train and. I was already dabbling into that, and you know, it, it super like they let me like produce music for their tour videos. Uh huh. So I was able to like put some music into there. Yeah. So that was like all right, cool. Like, well, let me just do this, and you know, I just kept doing that. And thank God, because like skateboarding career is pretty short-lived span.
3: Mm-hmm. A
2: lifespan of that is pretty short. So, you know, I was able to kind of do DJ gigs sometimes while I'm not touring, and then while I'm touring. You know, focus on that and come back home and do a little bit of DJing there, and then learning how to really DJ and learning the you know the mechanics behind all of it. And now I'm able to like do any type of gig, man. Like I've done so many things where I'm like, all right, I can, I I understand this completely. It's just like skating, you know, in a sense. Right. Yeah.
0: What is um? Is there anything in DJing that's kind of like skateboarding where like don't do this? Like, is there shit that's frowned? upon that like oh dude you kooked it or anything like that or is it like what's the difference about like djing versus skating as far as like having style and just all the different things like i i could understand like maybe throwing on the wrong song at the wrong time and the whole place (laughs) going quiet or something yeah
2: (laughs) definitely the wrong song will get you looked at a frowned upon (laughs) <laughs> but uh I mean there's a lot of things I've had to learn through through DJing, yeah. like going on tour with Hobson and stuff like that, learning how to, you know, be a you know MC, how to really work a crowd. I had no experience of that. So I've failed so many times on tour, you know, like playing the wrong song where he's like he looks at me and he like wants me to play a ill mind song and it's like a different song that I put on and I get yelled at after that. Like there's these things that like you have to learn without like someone teaching you, you know, you have to go through like, just like, you know, jumping down some stairs, you got to fail until you finally, you know, land that perfect one. Yeah. but it's, I mean, it's on a bigger scale with music sometimes though, man, like you're in front of 10,000 people, you can't yeah. fail like that, you know, and you have to really be on top of your game. So I had to learn to really like be really on top of my game with it so on that as- aspect of, of DJing.
0: For sure. What's the yeah. biggest thing you've done? Like, have you done 10,000, like big rooms like that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so Hobson, the the guy I DJ for, he, man, this dude has the most cult following I've ever seen. So we've done tours uh, across, across the U S and across Europe and stuff like that. So we did this festival. Um, I forgot what it's called. It's somewhere in Germany, but it was like 15,000 people. And he was on right before Playboy, or, or he was on right before Playboy Cardi.
3: And oh. Playboy Cardi
2: is, like, humongous in this world right now. And, you know, I, it was one of those first ones where I had to be on the mic and get everyone hyped, you know. And that was like a throwing into the lion's den right away. <laughs> I had to get people ready to go, you know. And and that was hard. I was pacing back and forth. Like, you know, my my anxiety was kicking in. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I was asking his manager, like, hey, what do I say to, you know, get people hyped? And she was trying to break it down. And then I had to put my own little sauce on it, and I figured out how, how to do it. But, <laughs> yeah, it's it was, it was wild, man. How did you he does, get it? He does, some, he does, big, he does big stuff. Big he stuff. does, huh? How yeah. did you
0: get connected with him? For, through, did he see you skate? Because he skates a little too, right?
2: Yeah, he skates for sure.
0: So was that – was it like I I want a skater to be my DJ or like how did it work? How did you get involved?
2: Uh, so I, you know Black Bar in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bethany, yeah. right? Bethany and Shannon. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they they owned the bar in Hollywood when it was uh, still there, and I went there on like a random birthday, and Hobson was there, and my boy Seven Machiavelli, was like, "Hey man, like Hobson wants to meet you." He said he knew that you're coming. He wants to he wants to talk to you in the back. And I was like, "Yeah, no, let's do it." Met him. He just rapped out about skateboarding and about like hip hop, and then dude, one thing led to another, and he called me the next day after we, we talked, and he was like, "Hey, my DJ just quit." He DM'd me on Instagram he was like, "Hey, my D- my DJ just quit. Is there any way you would want to be my DJ?" And I wrote back like, "Hell
4: yeah, like dude,
2: for sure." And uh, his manager called me, like right after that, and we just went over the logistics. And she's like, "Hey, we're we going on a tour next week. Would you be available?" And I'm like, all right, let's let's go. I have no I ex- no experience with this, but let's go. And yeah, man, I think that first the first show we did, he was a headliner. Ludacris was a headliner, and Bob.
0: Oh my god!
2: Yeah, and I was like thrown in right away. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since then, yeah, we've just been bros, and we've, really? been, on, we've been on tours like from 2016, 17 to now pretty much so he doesn't tour right he's not touring right now but when we did go on tour like we go everywhere so
0: how sick dude um yeah I don't know much about him what would be a song that he would like what would get the whole place hyped the most what is there one or two that people like really want to hear
2: most people get introduced to him through this song called ill mind five he's kind of talking about just like what hip hop was back then and like how, you know, it's it's kind of like saturated and Man, I hate rap. But if the shoe fits, wear it. I become a freak of
1: nature, all the kids staring. Who walk around bumping raw with the shit blaring, saying fuck school and dropping out like a miscarriage. I'm embarrassed, and I'm ashamed I played a part in this devilish game, making your common sense perish. But I ain't taking the full blame, cause most of you chumps running around here ain't never had strict parents. All of your brain cells rotting from weed, you feeling like if you ain't got it, life's not as complete. You having sex with every motherfucking body you see, with a past so dark that Satan would jump out of his seat. But still, you out in these streets, thinking you hot as can be, without the knowledge to lead. you just follow the sheet making sure your name's swag is all polished and clean while your favorite rapper's like yeah you got it from me you've been brainwashed by a fake life that you used to living when i say the word fun what do you envision probably drinking and smoking out with you chilling with clueless women you trying to bang bump a new edition
2: is that all you think life really is well if so then you're a fucking idiot
0: he's got the crazy eyes right
2: yeah yeah he's got the context. Okay. Yeah, like contacts with the white, the white. Yeah, like yeah,
0: yeah. Damn. Oh, that's (laughs) sick, dude. So that's been hella fun, huh?
2: Yeah, it's been super fun. To meet some crazy people in that world and all those different artists in that world. So, does it pay all right? Yeah, for sure. Touring, touring wise, yeah.
0: Touring's the way to do it.
2: Yeah, for sure. Okay.
0: Have you ever DJed? I I love going to stand-up comedy shows. Have you ever done those? Where they have the DJ open up to get the crowd hype for the stand-up comedy.
2: Yeah, I've done a couple of those, not for That's- stand-up, but I've done opening stuff for for certain gigs, like for, for certain artists and people and stuff like that.
0: Oh, Okay, yeah. so, so yeah. you're kind of, are you kind of like freelance as well, like open, like I'll do a wedding if someone wants or whatever.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, Sick. I do. I do all that, but my my goal my goal is to just become like the artist now. So it's like. You know, like, Hobson is, you know, his own entity. I would, like, to try to do that, too. So I expand into that world, you know? And,
0: like, you're going to rap as well, or?
2: No, just be the DJ. But, like, you okay. know how, like, you know, you go to festivals sometimes or, like, some of these shows. It's, like, the DJ is the producer, but he's also the artist. Uh-huh. And you're going to go watch that DJ because you're a fan of his music. Mm-hmm. So, kind of kind of similar
0: who are three legends like if you had to put djs up on your wall who are some of the guys that you, you would think are like this guy needs a statue you know or those kind of guys?
2: <laughs> like uh dj a track dj Premier, oh, and Premieria. uh Premier, yeah for sure and uh <laughs> dude there's so many of them uh-huh but those top two for sure yeah okay. i like the like their style
0: we got to talk about the injury you you had uh Pretty gnarly. Oh, before we talk about that injury, I did. I did. (laughs) (laughs) True or false. You broke your jaw in a miniature golf scenario.
2: I knew it was coming. Yeah, man. I I broke my jaw playing miniature golf. And that, I don't know if you ever heard the story.
0: Uh, No, I just heard that you, I I was like, wait, did you like throw your uh, club? And what happened? I don't know.
2: (laughs) <laughs> that's how everyone. That's how everyone thinks it happened. Uh-huh. It was totally, totally left field.
0: No, you're so. playing miniature golf, and one of the obstacles is a windmill, and the thing came <laughs> around and nailed
4: you. In the <laughs> <friend>.
2: <laughs> Close. Uh, really? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> no, we were we were playing uh, miniature golf in Florida, and that was on a moda trip, uh, moda clothing, mm. and we were supposed to go to Europe the next day, and we were playing like for money we're betting the whole team and i had won that first the first round and they didn't want to pay up the team so they're like i'm the young buck on the on the team so they're like let's let's keep it going let's play round two and if you win we'll pay up i ended up making the hole in one at the last one and i ended up winning and i was like pay up guys you know and it started raining during this time at the last at the last putt and so as as like I put and I make the putt. I get super excited. Like I won. I get all this money. Blah blah blah. So you know, like when you return the putt, like the the golf club to the front of miniature golf, uh-huh. random. Yeah, it's pouring raining, and I'm like super hyped. And I'm like have my little golf club, and there's like this five stair, and I'm like, I'm like just so happy, bro. And I like jump down this five stair, and it's like I said, it was raining. There's a puddle at the bottom. And I'm like returning to my club, Golf Club and I jump to do a 180 off the five stair just to look at them and like, you know, like point at him like, ha, ha ha, I won. And as soon as I land on the on the five stair, the puddle, I slip out, whoosh, land on my face. Ooh. Boom! Land on my jaw and my chin, bust my teeth, went through my lip. I broke my my uh, it's like a TMJ right here, my chin, uh, from jumping off that five stair pretty much. Fuck. In the rain
0: were you hammered were you were you drinking?
2: no was, no no I was completely sober oh no <laughs> yeah dude did and you know I,
0: like instantly like this like I, get me to the hospital this serious
2: my vision turned blurry I was oh, just oh. like yeah I was laid there I laid out I was just there and I was just bleeding there was like I was laying in a puddle of blood and like my homie Jacob Walder and Scott Kane they came down and they were like I was like, dude, I'm ready to go to Europe. I think I said that to him. I'm like, I'm ready to go. They're like, no, bro, stay down, (laughs) stay down, stay down. Let's go to Europe. (laughs) (laughs) I was just so out of it, you know, I was like, Uh so high. And that was my first, that was my first, that was going to be my first time to Europe.
0: Oh, you were, you were planning on going already.
2: Yeah, yeah, we already had our bags packed, and we were. That was like our layover to oh, go okay. to Europe.
0: Yeah, uh, I thought you were so out of it. You're like, let's go to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, we we're damn. supposed to go to
2: Europe, and then yeah. So I broke my jaw, chin playing miniature golf, but like returning my golf club. Fuck. Like, out of out of all things, bro, and yeah, I was. I stayed in the hospital for a week. They had to wire my mouth shut. Um, uh I had that, to, you know, you,
0: you can't. You got to like just shakes or something like only drink you can't eat right because your jaw can yeah. yeah so
2: I my, my or front teeth did they do the IV they had to do everything
4: uh huh
2: because I lost a lot of blood and I was they had, to, I, had a, I have a metal plate in my chin from here to here from that incident Uh oh, they had whoa. to do re- reconstructive surgery on my my jaw right here Oh no uh, way I, I lost these two front teeth and so while my mouth was wired shut that I, I would order like Oreo milkshakes from Carl's Jr. And know. just I put the straw right through the, the teeth that were missing. And I would just drink those every day for a month. Fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. Dude. Sh- did you get all fat? Like shakes every day?
2: No, I got super skinny. Oh, cause skinny. you're
0: just not eating anything else.
2: Yeah. I was super skinny. Man, that so seems
0: super unhealthy.
2: I had to get my mom to like, you know, like blend chicken up and like, so I could drink, drink that. Like
0: chicken I, broth or something.
2: So she got like, Chicken strips from KFC, put them in a blender, and with a little bit of broth, and put them in like a like a shake cup, and I so I can eat that, and it was disgusting. Don't ever try that ever. Don't ever
0: try that. Well, is it just like chicken soup?
2: It could be, but I wanted to like I wanted like some I wanted to feel like I'm eating like a fried chicken, you know. So I I told him to get some KFC and and do that, and it was horrible.
0: Oh, oh my god. <laughs> chicken shake <laughs> hey now is on fuck <laughs> <laughs> really? chicken bone chicken shake <laughs> oh, oh man. man dude i'm glad you're okay that was that gnarlier than your most recent injury was that the gnarliest thing that's happened to you
2: that's the gnarliest thing that's ever happened to me for sure fuck. And it's just kind of
0: fucking around. (laughs) Yeah. It's what (laughs) always happens. Like I skate, I try all this gnarly shit and then I kill myself fucking jumping off a 5 stair miniature golf.
2: Yeah. One of those freak accidents where it's just like, why does that even happen? You know, like what? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I had to replace a lot of stuff, man. Um, I went through, I had to go through like for years of just like no teeth, you know, I had to, to use like this retainer with teeth in it and like pop it in and before i got implants and stuff like that and you know go through that whole shebang yeah that was that was a mission
0: oh my god so what happened with this other one you were you said you were at p rod's park or something right and you you landed back on the board and then you blew out your ankle or something
2: yeah it was my ankle and my foot so i was trying to half cap flip down the double set kicked out but i didn't know like the board was still under my feet and i'm like Mm. dangling and as I like come down the ground, I like land back onto the board. One foot does my right foot, and mm. I and I and you know like the board turned a different way, and I sat on my foot as the board turned, mm. and I ended up like tweaking my whole foot, swelled up to the size of a big old football. And uh yeah, I was I was done for a year and a half. Yeah, it took oh, a year okay. and a half to get back to to back to where I am now. So
0: at least you little... have to do chicken shakes.
2: <laughs> no facts man
0: (laughs) what are you doing on your downtime probably just becoming a DJ like super getting into that right
2: yeah so it's crazy how things work man so I was able to focus on my calling brand world premiere and then I was able to do a lot more DJing man like I was doing I was getting hit up to do so much stuff Mm. during that time that I was hurt and you know it was a blessing to, to be able, to, you know, to to do that while I was hurt, so it kind of made up for it.
0: Rad, yeah, yeah. Talk a little bit about your uh, world premiere, the clothing brand. Like, what's up with that? Where's is that? Is that like your shit?
2: Yes, yeah, it's, it's my it's my brand. I started okay. it during during the pandemic, but we're all just sitting there on our nuts, like trying to figure out what's going on. I just was like, no, I need to I need to do something. I I built so much. I feel like I have built so much within skateboarding of myself. Like, I feel like that I need to do something to give back to. The community and the kids that follow me. So mm-hmm. I was like, let me, let me start a, let me start a brand. And, uh, I was just thinking of names world and I was just watching TV one day and somebody was, I think it was like an old MTV commercial it was like world premiere of this music video. And I was like, dang, that's it right there. World yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, my boy I went over to his house, uh, Hugo, and we just came up with some designs and we made like five or six. And yeah, we, I was like, yeah, all right, th- these are the ones right here. And we just, Brought it to life, put it on some clothes, and then, uh, yeah, started it in 2020. and Or actually, the end of 2021.
0: Like during and, uh, lockdown.
2: During lockdown, yeah, end mm-hmm. of 2021. So it's been around for a year, and just slowly but building. Slowly Is it building, all soft
0: goods, like hats, hoodies, shirts?
2: Hats, hoodies, shirts, socks. Socks. Uh, yeah, sweatpants for right now.
0: What's the most popular? Do people, t-shirts, or do people like beanies or hats? Like, what what are people gravitating towards?
2: They like the these sweaters right here. They like this logo. Um, uh-huh. The logo is like a ticket logo. Um, but I I run both of them. But uh, okay. yeah, they like they like this they like this a lot. So the meaning behind it is the journey is everything. So like we're talking about, like my whole journey has just been insane. You know what I mean? Like from slow yeah. to now, and I just put that in perspective as like the journey is everything. To you have to go through all these different obstacles sometimes to get to your world premiere. Once you get there, it's up to you to take it to wherever else you want to go. But the journey is everything.
0: (laughs) That's what I always tell kids. They're asking me always tips, you know, like, what, what can, uh, and you're like, I'm always like, Hey, figure out what you want to do. Stick with that and you'll do it. There's a good chance that if you know what you want to do and have the passion for it, you can do it. Half the battle is figuring out what the hell you want to do and actually really wanting to do it. Not being like flavor of the month you know it's like no I want to fucking do this and I'm gonna do it and having that drive no one can stop you but yourself you kill
2: it ah! 100% man and if you have a vision to do something it's always best to take your vision and and, and run with that like you said and, and to go full force because you gotta tell a story you have to be the one to tell a story you know mm. you can't get the, the opinions of others you know you gotta really look within yourself and your intuition and, and trust it and just go full, full ham on it.
0: And yeah, no, for that, real. Yeah. yeah, man. I think a lot of people's confidence is low, including mine. Like I, I've never been an overconfident person, but confidence is super important to just know in yourself what you're capable of doing. I think like that's, and it's rad to see like you're, you're branching out and you're, you're showing like, I, I did this on a skateboard. I did this on, you know, DJing. Now I'm doing this with my clothing brand. Like, I have the drive. I know I can do it, and that builds your confidence for your next journey, whatever it may be.
2: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Especially See. from you know, especially from being flow for so many years in skateboarding. Dude. You know, it's like dang, you got to really have the drive and the pers- persistence to to keep going. Because, like you said, a lot of people will stop and just be like, "I'm I'm over it." You know, I've seen yeah. that happen a lot of times where if you if it doesn't happen in a certain amount of time. They quit. I mean, that's the key to anything like the, the patience you got to have. It's just getting over the hump. That's if you really want it. It's all about getting over that last little hump. And once you do like all the doors open and that's what I've seen from what I've had to go through or what I had to get through to right. get to this to this point. So and so that's right. always instilled in my brain is just like you just got to keep going no matter what.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. seems like what your story has been. Um, Do you guys sponsor other people or is it kind of like a, is it becoming a team or is it like just a, a business thing?
2: Um, It's definitely just super small right now. I have a couple of guys that I hook up uh, within skating, uh-huh. but I, my goal is to get it to there. Okay. I, you know, just, you know, just generating enough you know money to, to do all that, you know, right. to go on little, little trips and stuff here and there. But, my goal is to have skating and music all joint to one uh-huh. to where it's just like everything. Yeah. It's not, it's, 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 it's not strictly skateboarding, but it's, it's definitely involving all the things that I do within other people's lives too, you know, like what they do. And so it's like an overall, like a, a, a different, like it's, a, it's everyone's involved in the company pretty much.
0: I could see some, like, Eric B shit or something. What what world premiere? What, what yeah. world premiere? <laughs> world, like, I could see it, dude.
2: Yeah, man. That's yeah. tight.
0: What are the essentials for each genre? Let's talk hip-hop, classic rock, like, uh, dub or whatever. Like, what are, like, three essentials that you need for, like, I gotta bring
2: these. Number one is definitely hip-hop. I do like dance music, so that's number two.
0: But I mean, like, if it's, uh, let's say tonight's a hip hop show.
2: Okay. Are
0: are you bringing EPMD? Are you bringing Wu-Tang? Like, what's, what are the, like, these are definitely already in there.
2: Nowadays, it's different. You know what I mean? Like, do you have to ask? No, I have to study, like, what, what kids are listening to nowadays, you know? Okay. So I have to be, you know, if it's the Playboy Carties, if it's like Lil Uzi Vert, it's like stuff like that. That's what the generation now is listening to. Lil Uzi
0: Vert's big, right?
2: Really big, yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, those those type of guys, you know what I mean? Definitely mixed in with, like, a little bit of classic Jay-Z, uh-huh. you know, Kanye. The kids love Kanye West. Damn. Uh, yeah, so it's different from, like, early 2000s to now, you know. I could get away with playing, like, a lot of the Nas and stuff like that. But now yeah. it's just, like, a whole different type of world. So,
0: Like, obviously, I'm older, but the classic stuff to me always is forever. Like you can always put on tribe called quest and be stoked or like my, my thinking is like, you put on tribe, you get like a groove and then you just hit them with public enemy. Like
2: that's yeah. the vibe that I have. Definitely. You know, it, the generation is, is different. So, mm. you know, like what happened, what was good 10 years ago is still good. You know, in the older hip hop heads, Yeah. The younger kids are not listening to that. In a sense, yeah. you have to put, you have to put them onto that, which is, which is super bad. You know, like skate events, like for sure, like EPMD tribe, all that works all the time. But if you're doing like a club or like a a bar night, you've got to be more modern with it. You got to be hip, yeah, yeah. It's got to be yeah. And today's music is is not the same as before, so it's a little bit harder to listen to it sometimes. But these kids love, they love it. So <laughs> what
0: are, what do the kids love most? Like, is trap? Like, what's what's the thing that like most kids are really into right now?
2: Yeah, definitely the trap. For sure, yeah. they love they like love Waka that, Flocka
0: that. or like wh- wh- they'll
2: listen to Waka, but he's kind of like he's kind of he older, older now? He's like an older guy now, so it's like yeah, it's like dang, that wasn't even that long ago. But oh so uh, yeah. the the Uzi right? Uzi this guy named Yeet. There's a lot of them, dude. Like all those like you know like each Sapita and all those guys. They know all like the new trap stuff. So <laughs> hey, ah, okay yeah
0: wow man dude that's yeah. sick though it seems like you're staying busy and staying up and staying positive and like you got a lot of cool shit going on it's i did see on instagram you're done with blind
2: yeah that yep. came to an end that came to an end man um you know dwindle's going through a whole bunch of stuff right now there's are a lot of legal co- are they loss. collapsing
0: because i know uh what was it Wiese's company that was crazy to see like we's getting fired or whatever. And then the whole team quit. Yeah. It was like, dude, how are you going to, how are you going to fire the dude that like these, this thing won't even happen without the dude, like
2: without him. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of legal stuff happening over at dwindle. Oh, it's like, they're getting sued and they owe a lot of people money, including me. <laughs> you <and> you? <laughs> yeah man so
0: oh shit. There's this
2: big lawsuit going on right now and i don't know if i can speak on it like too much but it's just it's a lot it's a lot and they definitely are in a bad spot right now so mm. you know yeah it's pretty nuts
0: how hard was that for you was it pretty like obvious or was it hard
2: i think it was kind of more mutual Okay. You know, it was kind of like, you know, I'm doing my thing outside of skating and they're, you know, they're not really pushing it too hard anyways, too. So I'm just kind of sitting there anyways. So, but then on the top of the legal stuff, it was kind of like no brainer. Like, all right, cool. about. But
0: do you look at it as you're a free agent or is a retirement? See,
2: to be honest, I, I don't even know. I have no like idea. Like you're still going to skate.
0: I, you're a skateboarder.
2: I, yeah. Like if companies wanted to put me on like, I have so much more in the tank that I can give, but I'm not going to do it just for no reason. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I'm not going to just, like, break myself. Only for my brand, I will, but other than that, like, I already, you know, it's some point. But I skate all the time, and, you know, I still love it. It's got to be a reason for me to even to put something out.
0: Yeah, it's in your blood. You're not going to start rolling. I mean, I'm sure, like whether you're getting free boards or not or whatever, you're still going to have one and, and roll around and fucking, I'm sure your legs are probably like happy that maybe you're not having to like jump down the biggest shit necessarily all the time. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Cause that, yeah, you pay for it later on in life, man. And mm. I, you know, like, I'm not saying that I'm done doing it, but I'm kind of lucky to be able to get out of it a little bit unscathed, you know? Because oh, yeah. it does catch up to you later on if you don't take care of yourself. Uh-huh. Well yeah. so
0: where where are you at now? You're in Long Beach or where are you?
2: I'm in San Bernardino right now, but I'm oh. moving back to LA later this year. So
0: Okay. Yeah. How's San Bernardino?
2: It's the desert.
0: Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a little east, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's it's cool, it's peaceful.
0: Are you you're kind of by uh where uh what's it, Riverside?
2: Dude, I'm in Victorville. So oh, I'm even higher that's, up there. That's
0: Brian Herman country, right?
2: Yeah. He lives, he lives in Hesperia. So okay. he's right. He's right over there. So yeah. Oh
0: shit. <laughs> oh damn. Yeah. Okay. Well, what, anything, uh, you got cooking, like anything that you're like working on or like dreaming of or cooking up, you're just getting into the music stuff. Yeah.
2: Getting into the music stuff. And I, my goal is to film a lot more huh? for my brand and to put out like something. But I'm not going to say, like, it's a 100% thing. I definitely just want to, like, ease myself into it. Right. But, yeah, but, you know, I want to give back to the fans because, like, they – because I posted that thing on Instagram and, you know, I I got so much love from that. And I was like, dang, I got to really – I got to come back in a sense and and do something, so –
0: absolutely um yeah you know to stay in touch with me any anytime i can be of help or if you just want to vent or talk or anything i'm around you know that
2: yeah man i appreciate that
0: yeah it's good catching up with you i really appreciate the time and uh hearing your story and stuff it's fucking really cool and i hope it's an inspiration for a lot of people
2: yeah man i hope so too dude because the journey is everything guys (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, for real though. Yeah,
0: man. Um, we always end the show with a, a song and it can be anything, like whatever. Like if you wanna um plug like some from Hobson or like just something that you grew up liking or just your favorite song that you listen to a lot right now or just whatever.
2: Yeah, um lately I've been listening to a lot of biggie, so uh notorious BIG, unbelievable.
0: How do these fuckers have footage of everything but they don't know how that Vegas shit went down like you know there was footage of that somewhere like there's cameras everywhere in Vegas
2: yeah do they know they know they know who they know who killed them they know who they, they, yeah they know who they, oh, there's they actually the, the dude is actually on YouTube talking about it no
4: uh, way
2: yeah because now I guess he signed like uh what's it called where you you're free from everything um uh, immunity that's what it's called immunity so he's able to talk about it, but it's all, it's, it's, it's all like gang stuff. But that But he's probably,
0: yeah. people want to kill him probably. Right.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. That was a crazy time in, in, in music history, dude. I was a little kid at that time, but I was, I think it was like seven or eight, uh-huh. but I was, I was looking at Tupac on TV every day. Like, dude, this guy's out of control, but I love him. Like, yeah, you know? <laughs> dude. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's inspo. Oh man. Well, cool, man. It's good catching up. We'll fucking throw on some biggie and, um, continue doing what you're doing and uh, you know I, I wish you nothing but success
2: I appreciate it hey, likewise too take Heck care yeah. of
0: yourself man my man stay up Kevin good to talk my to bro. you
2: you too Cheers. talk to you soon later <coughs>
1: Sticky, stinky, stinky, small system. Live from Bedford Star, the sun, the one. Representing BK to the fullest. Gats I pull it. Bastards ducking when Big B bucking. Chicken heads be clucking in my back room, fuckin'. It ain't nothing. They know Big B handling with the Mac in the act door panelin'. MCs. Oxygen, they can't breathe. Mad tricks up the sleeve. where boxes so my dick can breathe. Breeze through in the Q45 by my side. Lyrical high and those that my clutches get put on crutches. Get smoked like Dutchess from the master. Hate to blast ya, but I have to. You see, I smoke a lot. Your life is played out like pharmay. And the fucking polka dots who rock the spot. Biggie, you know how the weed go. Unbelievable. So known as the bone appetite, rappers can't sleep, need sleeping, big keep creeping, bullets heat sinking, casualties need treating, dumb rappers need teaching. Lesson A, don't fuck with me. I that's that, oh Thought he was wacko? Come, come now. Why y'all so dumb now? Hunt me or be hunted. I got 357 ways to simmer saute. I'm the winner all day. Lights get dimmer down Biggie's hallway. My forte causes Caucasians to say he sounds demented, car weed scented. If I said it, I meant it. Bite my tongue for no one. Call me evil or unbelievable. The sunroof, Alexis, coops, leave no witnesses. What you think this is? Ain't no amateurs here. I damage and tear. MCs fear me. They too near not to hear me. Clearly, I'm the triple beam dream. 1000 grams of uncut to the gut. It seems fucked up the way I touched up the grill. Trying to play Gorilla. When you ain't no killer, the gas by your liver. Your upper lip quiver. You're ready to die. Tell God I said hi. Throw down some ice for the nicest MC. Niggas know the steel, unbelievable. unbelievable.
3: where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at talkingschmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa.
1: Shout out. Love
3: it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.
4: Keep the wheels greased.